and welcome to The War Room. This is a new subset of the Clone Star podcast and I am your host for this series, Sean Ferrick. Very, very happy to say as I am joined by the wonderful Ian Bull, who will be known to most people as the wonderful Dadmiral. How are you, Ian? Are you well? I'm doing well, Sean. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I have so many questions that are going to put you on the spot because I know you've never watched an episode of Star Trek in your life. What, Star Trek? Uh, it's the one with the laser swords, I think. Um, oh, is it? Oh, well, okay. All right. Okay. I, th- I thought it was the one with the TARDIS, but I, c- I could be wrong. If it's, if it's not, it's something about a big... Oh, no, 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 sorry. Water. It's the Liberator. The Liberator. That's the one. That's the one. That's it. See, see. We know, we know what a, what a, what a Trek star is. Yeah. I can actually, I can hear part of my friend group just going, he's, he's, he's a minute in and he's cancelled himself. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> this guy knows nothing about Star Trek. Why is he talking to him? Yep. Uh, yeah. This is, this is we, we, we've both just exposed ourselves as one of the longest running cons, I think, on Twitter that we've we managed have, to pull off for the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it may have come across that we are two of the probably sarcastic people that you'll ever meet. Yeah. yeah. So remember, take everything we say with a pinch of salt. For example, I really like Star Trek. Ha, what a joker. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I've watched every episode. <laughs> Episodes. They're only films, Ian. Don't be silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean it happened in the 60s? Did it really? When were you high? <laughs> be that as it may. Um, yeah. I tell you, just very, very quickly. So, well, not very quickly, because the whole episode is about you. But for the benefit of listeners, who are you? Why are you here? Tell me everything about yourself. <laughs> yeah, when you said you were going to put me on the spot, I didn't realise you were going to be that spot. Just start with the pin code and go from there. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, my parents met each other, and then they they got married, and then I turned up. No, <laughs> yeah, many many moons ago. No, um, Ian. Uh, many know. Well, a lot of people also know me as Trek Cat Cat Cat. That's obviously that's my handle. That is um, on Twitter, Instagram, and also I have my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um. With my first love, yes, I really do like Star Trek. I do, I, honestly, I, everybody. I, I yeah. did think you might have been joking there to start the episode, but honestly, just, hey, just, 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 just to clarify, in case anybody that doesn't understand sarcasm, any Sheldon Coopers out there that don't understand sarcasm, that was sarcasm. Um, yeah, uh, I think for me, um, Star Trek was always that was one of the few things I bar cowboy films and a few was was watching with my dad because my mum hated anything sci-fi. So that was one of the things I watched with my dad. I'm from the era with TOS and the animated series as well. Um, I always loved it. And yeah, I, I, I grew up, well, I grew up with it. I, it stayed with me for a long time. Yes. I fell out of love with it probably because I think I, I, I was of an age where uh, it was there. I was about 18, 19, and it just it went out a bit. But saying that, my first I did my first convention when I was about 19 to 19. And I think it's after that, uh, I sort of, I think because also I moved to a foreign country, I wasn't really seeing it as much. And then it wasn't until year, many years later that um, it, it came back to me. So, yeah, now I'm, 
I'm known. What am I known for? Um, I'm known for Star Trek. I'm known for cosplay. I'm known for Lego. Um, and in the last couple of years, I'm known for uh, also being a member of the Fit Federation, uh, which is obviously it's there to help. It's there to support people, to give people a voice of people that, who have or are fed up of just sitting there doing nothing. They want to lose a bit of weight. They just or just want to be more active in life. Um, and it's it's run by Blake, who is red shirt survival. Oh, yeah. He's there. He's a great guy. But we all are as vocal as each other. And anybody that you know even has thoughts of wanting to lose weight and all that type of stuff, we're there. So yeah, I lots of elements, lots of uh, sort of. Um, Interests outside of Star Trek. Um, Superman is another one of my loves. I read Superman comics as a kid. I've just finished season one of Superman and Lois. Best Superman TV series ever. Um, I've not so, watched it yet, but just uh, everyone is saying it's the exact same as yourself. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, so Yeah, it's it's really good. It's been well done. It's Superman when he's a little bit older. He's a parent and, and, and that type of thing. So, yeah, Superman... Westerns, as I said, because again, that was from my dad. Uh, sci-fi in general, um, I do like. I'll watch most things sci-fi when I get the time. Um, and obviously, I have my work, and as a work, I'm a construction manager, so I deal with all lots of things. For it's more industrial construction, but yeah, that is probably me in a slight a nutshell. That is well, in fairness, that's quite a lot. It's um, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. And just so shout out just for everyone who is listening as opposed to seeing this, Blake is sitting in front of the most beautiful display of memorabilia behind him as well. You mentioned obviously how like you are known for Lego. You have blown my mind with some of the things <laughs> that are sitting behind you. Like the fact that, you know, this is uh, being recorded January 2022 and you have a Lego Cerritos and that just really tickles me in the right places. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the, I've got a Lego Cerritos. Yeah, those have got little bits. I've got Everything from TOS to Deep Space Nine to even that one there, which you would never have said, is the refit discovery. In fact, spoiler, you did bring me closer to that and I didn't notice that. That is cool. It's the refit, it's the refit discovery. So, yes, I've got there. I've, you know, I've got the Shenzhou. I've got there. I've got the Enterprise B. I've got a huge mega blocks just over there. If you cut, if you're not seeing it, I've got a huge mega blocks TOS uh, Enterprise Stargazer. I've got lots that we could go into. I've got little moon bases. I've even all those are bits over there. So yeah, um, if you if you're not seeing this, I do apologise. But then below that, I've got lots of hero collector under it as well. Very, very, very cool. Obviously, yes, that's something that we definitely share in common. Um, yeah. is our love of memorabilia. Um, mm. And so I have a bunch of questions to ask you about Trek in general, but just really, really quickly, I just want to say as well that it is so lovely to be sitting with the body double for Odd Fair's um, Admiral <laughs> Vance, because if anyone who listens to this has been near your Twitter, I mean, like, it's uncanny. It mm. really is. It's amazing. It's amazing what a beard does. Because nobody would ever sort of, you know, uh, I remember, I mean, uh, I, I, which one was it? 
one of the Star Trek cruises. It really was. And it was, uh, it, usually, it usually was, this year's going to be different. It's normally like the first one, the first night is the pyjama party. And my then partner, Caroline, she was with me. And people say I'm the spit of Odette. She is the spit of Marina Surtees. Um, so we sat there and we're in the hall for this, this show. And went, oh, Marina, love you. And they looked to me and went, who are you? Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> and I went, yeah, okay, I, I, I can't compete with that one. But now since the uh, the beard and my first post where I had the Picard Admiral's outfit, everybody started going, do you know you look like the Admiral, Admiral Vance, and I've just ran with it. Uh, that is actually, that is, like, I am, I, w- I was saying this to you before we started recording, that I'm so good-naturedly jealous that, I, obviously, the cruise is coming up. It just sounds like it's going to be yeah. fabulous. Um, I th- and, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it's, it's, I think it's going to be one of the more eagerly anticipated ones because of what's happened over the last couple of, of years. Everybody that I've spoken to about it is uber excited about it. Yes, you get the nice, you, you get the people that saying, you know, if, you know, somebody posted on one of my posts, why are you going on the Petri dish to, to do this? It's because I think, we've, we, you know, we've lived in this pandemic for what, nearly two years. And we, we, we want to start living life again. We had such a great time at DST, as you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is just the next bit. It's just that step forward of, for a lot of us, of that normality again. And I think it's something that a lot of us do need. We need the normality. We need something to look forward to. We need something to smile about. We've lost that smile we've lost the empathy there's so much that we've lost over the last couple of years and we need to try and recapture it yes unfortunately there's going to be people that are scared and they will be but as they as they say life moves on and sooner or later we have to live with what we've got um and we will we will prevail well that is that is very true that is as as hopeful, I think, a statement as we can get. Yeah, look, I I certainly understand people asking the question, oh, are these things too soon? It'll always be too soon until we do something. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not recommending yeah. people do anything reckless, but you have said to yourself, everyone going in this cruise will be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that is a prerequisite. Be, well, I mean, vaccinated and probably boosted as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally am vaccinated and boosted. And there are a lot of people that are, but to be to even get on the boat, you have to be vaccinated. So there are people, you know, people go, oh, that's 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 you, you, you're you're separating us that don't want to be vaccinated. Unfortunately, those are the rules. If you want to go, you've got to be vaccinated. I mean, it's yeah, and it's, it's I mean, what is it people were saying before? It is a private. It's a private event. If the organisers decide it's vaccinated only, they have every right to decide that. Yeah, uh, you know, whether the, whether that's Royal Caribbean, whether that's Entertainment Cruise Productions, it's probably they've probably been talking to each other the most. Mm. And and obviously it's, it's foreign travel. So a lot of the countries will say that you can't come in unless you're vaccinated. That's true as well. So Those are the rules. So that's it. So like, so for the people who are like, oh, why are you going on this? Well, all of the precautions are being taken. So, but yes. I, I just want to say, because I do, I agree with you as well. A point has to come where as long as all the precautions have been taken, 
you have to try and start getting back to a, you know what whatever normal life what, what is we, for- what we've yeah what we felt is normal you know my normal is different to your normal which is different to other people's normal we are it'd be very boring if we were all the same well that's and it. we're not um so yeah every people's normal i know people will struggle struggle with it and they will continue to struggle it until they don't struggle with it and it's yeah it's 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 down to the individual if people don't want to do it you don't have to go i'm not you know none of us are forcing you to do anything you don't want to do i want to do this and that's why i'm doing it and there's a lot of people that want to do it sounds like we're talking about people who are trying to say you're making me watch star trek discovery you're making me watch it well that bit you've yeah You've got to, as as we've spoken, I think um, Mr. Kurtzman's been uh, sacked about three times during this podcast already and uh, broken about half a dozen TVs. So, hey-ho, there you go. I mean, I've, I've never known a man to bounce back from a firing as quickly as Alex Kurtzman. I have to say, oh, hats off to him, you know? Yeah, he has more job, more job opportunities than a Premier League football manager. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, right. I have a whole bunch of very, very deep and personal questions for you here. Um, Right. I'm going to start with the the hardest one of them all. Ian, what is your earliest memory of Star Trek? It's actually one of my earliest that I do remember is actually... I do a, a I, I'm I'm a guest on Star Starfleet Boys podcast, and we did um, the gunfight, the OK Corral episode mm. of TOS, Spectre of the Gun, and that is one of my earliest memories of Star Trek. Is that because for me, you know, I you know I grew up watching cowboy films, and then Star Trek came on, and Spectre of the Gun was actually one of the first episodes I saw. So for me, it was sort of like wow, this is amazing. Uh, I loved it. So, yeah, it's TOS is always going to be my first love. It's the first thing that I ever saw. I'm of one of the, of the generation where there wasn't any Star Trek before. This is even before TNG. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was Spectre of the Gun is definitely one of my first memories of Star Trek. And it's the actual bit right at the very end of of that episode is when they're all stood there the, the four of them stood there Spock, McCoy, Kirk and Scotty and they all get shot at and everything's exploding behind them but they're not touched and that was just you know as a, as a small kid that was just amazing uh, so yeah that was my earliest memory that's actually that's now obviously I would have come to TOS in I did watch it as a small kid because dad would have found, whether it was on the BBC or whatever, we would have been watching reruns. And that funny, funny that you mentioned that because that is an image that's always stuck with me because Spectre of the Gun is a hilarious episode for how much, A, they kept the budget down yeah, uh, because they only built half a set, which I thought was inspired and they managed to mm-hmm. include it in the episode. But also, like, they're standing in the way of guns. They're going to get hurt. This is bad. Yeah, and they don't. Yeah. And they don't, but yeah, no, I, I, I actually, 
I actually understand it a lot more being older. As a kid, you just think it's, well, it's up there. I mean, but the surrealism and everything else of just having half a set, but they make it part of the episode because they try to keep the, the budget down. Works. It just works. I, you know, I don't think you could do it today, but back in the 60s, it worked. It did. It was because there is that, I think, the suspension of disbelief that goes into a lot of, I think goes into a lot of the original series a little bit easier than it goes into, say, things, even next-gen DS9. The fact that, again, as we've said, you could do half a set and it made perfect sense for, for the episode. And mm. some of the some of the charm of the original series, we've just gone back through uh, the, I'm going to say the four seasons of the original series because animated series, woo, we love you. But yep. um, like some of the budget was obviously incredibly low. And so they just, they made whatever they could work. And some of it made it quite innovative. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Um, the innovation is the mother of necessity. It's, you know, is born of necessity. Um, you know, the budgets were cut so much by Paramount. They had to do what they had with the money they had. Mm -hmm. And to actually think, okay, the aliens have probed Kirk's mind. They're not going to get, it's, it's as I think we, I mentioned it at the weekend. Somebody mentioned it. If you go into a memory, you don't remember the whole house. You remember the front of the house and you remember inside the house. Yeah. You don't remember the side walls. You don't, yes, you remember the back garden and, and think, oh, the backyard with wherever you're listening from. But those are the type of things you remember from your childhood or whatever. It's the front of the house and inside the house. You don't remember anything else. So yeah. that's where it works. Well, I really like because you're so right. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's also, it leads to a lot of good jokes when it comes to clip shows. Uh, oh, absolutely. And it's just yeah. like, kind of like, hang on, we're going to your memories. You weren't in that scene. How, how <laughs> can you see that? Huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, leading on from there, then, my second incredibly personal and deep question is, all of the treks, what is a moment that never fails to make you smile? The motion picture and... It's the starship porn of the Enterprise when Kirk oh. sees the Enterprise for the first time. Oh. Again, it's my... F uh, people who know me will, will know that the motion picture is my favourite film. It's not the best, I admit. It's not <laughs> the best, but it's my favourite. And that scene, I can sit and watch that scene time and time again. And it just, along with Jerry Goldsmith's music, with there, it's 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 just such a feel good. As you see the Enterprise and the refit Enterprise is my favourite ship as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, that is always always going to put a smile on my face. I love that because I'm I'm the, now I I watch that scene on repeat. Um, I am so excited for the remaster that's coming out this year. Oh oh, the 4K remaster that is on my. Bucket list, Christmas card, Christmas list, birthday list, whenever it is, that is the one bit I want is the remastered director's cut of the of that. It's the it's the director's cut which is better. But the, the, out of the two, if you, if you haven't seen it, watch the director's cut because it explains there's scenes added and it explains an awful lot more. And now they're going to bring a 4K version of the director's cut. I am so excited for it. Big time, big time. I saw today actually some more updates. There, we're being kind of drip-fed updates, yeah. which is 
great for getting us excited, but with the bloody film. But there, they showed a nice cleaned up shot of the orbital, um, the orbital office, and they've yeah. added, they've gone back and they've added uh, the travel pod back in to uh, the mm. docking station where obviously Scotty and Admiral Kirk walk onto it, which had been missing from the Blu-ray uh, yeah. version of it. So, oh, I'm just, yep. Yeah. It's little details like that. These are, this is being done by people who really, really care. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, to be honest, I think everybody that works on remastering now and everything else, they, they do it first and foremost because they love Star Trek. Yeah. And because Star Trek has got such a, a long life in it now, it will affect so many different people of different ages. Absolutely. And that's, that's so important because... I'd say in however, a little bit of time will go by and we might ask someone the same question. What's your favorite ship reveal? They could end up saying La Serena. They could end up saying Cerritos. They could end up saying Protostar. I mean, in fairness, Protostar is a bloody good contender already. That is just beautiful, beautiful ship. It is. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are, you know, a lot of people say never get me on what they think on some ships because I will be I will be, they won't like my response. But there are ships. I mean, the refit Enterprise. I love the La Serena. Just something about the La Serena I like. It's totally non-Federation and everything else. But I love. It. I mean, even the disco the disco prize for want of a better oh. prize the, the, the Discovery version. That's why I'm so looking forward to Strange New World. To see what they've done with the if they've changed the enterprise any to it that when that first when that first appeared at the end of season one of of discovery i geeked out. there was two times i really geeked out the first was when the shenzhou right at the start came through the clouds to the star trek fanfare i geeked out and then it was the enterprise that was my second time i geeked out right at the very end I was sitting on a bus. I remember it well. I was watching Netflix on my phone uh, for the for the reveal of the Disco Prize, and uh, I was kind of going like, "My world has just changed. Why is nobody else in this bus reacting the way that I feel <laughs> right now?" Yeah, oh, I just, I just, yeah, sort of. Wait, it was sort of really. Oh, it's the Enterprise. <laughs> but yeah, no, I and uh, it's it's. It's the negativity that came out of it that I just think, oh, I, I ignored that. But people have their own loves, um, as I said. But the Refit Enterprise is my first. It will always be, even though I saw the original series Enterprise, for me, it was the Refit Enterprise, which is my, it's my security blanket. It's my warm blanket, whatever you want to call it. That's the one that I'll always go to. It's the one I look at the most. No, I yeah, we're 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 two peas in a pod there. I can tell you. Yeah. Um, now, here is a slightly controversial question: mm-hmm. If you could change one scene of any Star Trek, what one would it be, and why? Ooh, I I don't know if it's a scene. Don't think it's a scene because a lot of them they always nine times out of ten are there for the vehicle for the show. Hmm. 
I think it would be that Trip didn't really die. Okay. Now I'm beaming here, but why why would you change that, Ian? What 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 about that? Would you? Uh, what I'm bringing back right at the very end. He was an integral part of the show. He was, you know, it was always that, you know, that, that friendship with Archer, with Jonathan Archer, the bird, you know, the, the relationship with T'Pol. He was a, a vehicle for quite a few stories. Um, but I just, I think it would have given that surprise factor. And I think it would, pay, it would have paid off. Maybe if they had done a season five, they would have brought him back. Because mm. not many people stay dead in Star Trek. Um, if they do actually die, um, just ask Colba, Spock, mm-hmm. true, so many others, you could say. But um, yeah, he, he was just he, he, a lot of stories flowed from him, through him. He was, as I said, he was a vehicle of stories within Enterprise. Um, yeah, I think it would be Trip coming back from the dead that he didn't really die, that he was doing something for Section Thirty One or something. I saw a brilliant meme today, uh, and it's just that last shot of Deanna Troy and Riker standing in the UFP, and uh, it's she's asking a question, going, you know, you know, oh, did you, you know, blah 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 blah, this hologram poem. He said, yes, yes, yes. Oh, but I added a change where Trip died for some reason, but I don't think I'll leave that change in the program going forward. I think I'll go back to the original version where everyone's just fine, <laughs> yeah, and where he dies at 129 years old, and he's actually just wonderful. Um, yeah, because I think uh, certainly my my feelings about that is that it was the episode is a massive disservice to Enterprise. Uh, but even if there had been another season, you're right. It could just be it could be the code of honor of well, okay, not as bad as code of honor, of course, but it could be the you know the kind of the the episode we don't really talk about. But don't worry, we've got loads more, which we do yeah. have more of Enterprise. But because it's the last one. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, it, it's a slap in the face. I think it's, it's generally known as a slap in the face and it was a poor judge, it was poor judgment on on Rick Berman and all that stuff to do it the way they did. I think they could have done it so much better that it didn't have to be a holodeck story. Um, but that's it, it's immortalised now. That's the way it's always going to be. Um, you know? So we're ho- we're hoping we know there's time travel coming in Star Trek Picard season two. If they could just stop off um, at uh, you know as Trip is going into the chamber, if the last Serena could just stop off there, beam him out, heal him, he'll be fine. They, well, they've had three hundred years of medicine. Well, be grand. To, to be honest, you could probably mention it in Strange New Worlds. It could you come could, up. Yes, you could. It could come up in conversation. We don't have to see it but it could actually be mentioned as a plot device or something to say, oh, this happened, but yeah. Oh, do you remember when Trip came back from the dead type thing and everything else? So it could come back in Strange New Worlds. Or even if we get a Shaxx type uh, reference in Lower Decks of like, oh, you know, remember when Trip went through the Black Mountain as well? Ah, sure, look, everyone's fine by the end of it. Anyway, let's all go have drinks. Let's go have drinks, yeah, yeah. And to he and Topol lived happily ever after. <laughs> well, actually, they were talk that I mean, there's the potential Topol to come back in Strange New Worlds, oh, please, so she could put please. everybody right, yeah. Um, 
Yes, she could continue with clones, clones of Trip the whole time. Um, Absolutely. You know, because she's fucking she outlives me, yeah. Um, now, so what, in your opinion, is Trek's most important lesson? It, I don't know if it's a lesson. It gives us hope. Hmm. It gives us hope that there is there's the potential and the chance of a better future. Um, it means that we we get over our petty squabbles over religion, over ideals that we, we, we band together at the end and we become a unified race of people that we don't, you know, we don't, we don't care about skin color. We don't care where you came from. We care by, of who you are now. And that's it. And I, that's, that's, that's what, I like to say that, I mean, that, you know, that's one of the biggest things that came out of TOS at the time. You had a visible black woman on the bridge. You had a Russian, you had an Asian member on the bridge. You had this bit, you had an alien. And I think that's one of the biggest things I think that Gene wanted for us was actually to get through this rubbish that we're going through now these you know these extremists these people that touting religion and all that stuff that we can get through it and then we can you know explore the stars and be better than we are that's beautiful i that is a beautiful takeaway from trek uh i think you're so right um from and from day one from TOS, as you say, that that message has been there, you know, for for people to see, for people to take in, for people to grow up with. You know? yeah. I mean, we're always going to have conflict. Human beings, we, you know, the, 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 it's never always going to be perfect. We will have conflict. You know, not everybody's going to get on with everybody, but we will overcome all the other stuff and just and and be one you know we'll, we'll always have arguments we'll always have that but it's their arguments and they blow over yeah. and you get over it you don't start a war uh you know you know we, we're we're in the of a sh shadow of a potential war that could be happening anytime soon mm. you know you know we get over that we don't have war in you know internal wars anymore that's what i'm hoping you know that our children and children our children's children have that opportunity to do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I find war is ultimately self-defeating, but that is a, that is a much longer talk for another podcast. So absolutely. let me take a hard left and go, you have been given an unlimited budget. What character gets their own spin-off series and why? Oh, I would have to say, because I think it will happen, Rios. Oh, I like Christopher Rios. Okay, Christopher Rios. I think we we know we know Picard has a limited shelf life because mm -hmm. Patrick, as much as we want him to, he will not live forever, and he will want to retire and slow down. But Christopher Rios has, you know, we I would love to see. 
he, I, I think he, he has a chance of being a great character. He showed it in Picard before. And I think, yeah, Cristobal Rios. I really like that. I think, yes, um, I'm excited. We have, you know, at least season two coming and we know season three is on the horizon. Great. So we're getting more Rios. Um, would you have him say on the, on La Serena? Would you have him on the ship whose name escapes me right now? I feel terrible. Ah. I, I, I think it, 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 stay, it would stay on the, on, on the um, La Serena because that is where he's established. It's his ship. It's there, but you know, you could always have flashbacks from when he was in the Federation or in Starfleet. Sorry, not the Federation in Starfleet. I think his character, he's that roguish Hans. He's the Han Solo of Star Trek, mm. for want of a better phrase. So many people are going to throw their teddies out the pram for me saying <laughs> that, but he is, and I like that the roguishness of him. And I think I, it's a vehicle that could probably go a long way. I think they've got. I think they've got it right with Rios, where they probably got it wrong with with Solo in the later films in Star Wars. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I I have a, a little bit of love for Solo. I, I enjoyed it as a film, but it wasn't, I think, what we wanted it to be. Um, no, it, we, I think it had high expectations, but it didn't deliver. But I think Rios came out of left field for us. Um, and I think, I, 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 to be honest, I don't think they actually thought that he would be as popular as he, as he would, as they probably hoped. Mm. Mm. I, he is a very popular. You know, everybody's always going to go on about seven. Of course, uh, yes. of course. You know, she's a beautiful woman and everything else. But he uh, he was one of those unexpected great characters that have come out, and he has. I mean, he's a great actor. I mean, I, I loved him in the uh, the Three Musketeers, the BBC version of the Three Musketeers. Mm. He was great in that. So he's a great actor. He is. You're right. Actually, I I had seen him. No, I saw him subsequently in Big Little Lies. He was yeah. in that as well. And my partner at the time was kind of looking at me going, why are you having such a conniption fit on the couch there? I was like, <laughs> because it's Rios. And of course, my partner at the time wasn't a, a Trekkie. So, so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a nice, easy question for you next. Kirk or Picard? Mm-hmm. Kirk. I, I somehow suspected that might be the answer. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's my yeah, TOS is my bit. Don't get me wrong, Picard is, is great. I love Picard, but for me, because of my Star Trek, and for me, Kirk, it's, it's it will always be Kirk, of course. If you, um, if you said Kirk or Spock, it would be Spock, but Kirk is 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 out of the captains, the original captains, sorry, because it is Captain Spock, but yeah. Well, I like that. Well, it's funny enough now, because that leads me into the next question, which is Spock, Spock, or Spock? Spock, followed by Spock, followed by Spock. <laughs> is it Boy. weird that I suspect I know the order of those as well? <laughs> yeah, it probably is. It is it's Leonard Nimoy, Ethan Peck, and then Zachary Quinto. Um Although big shout out to Frank Welker for voicing him in Star Trek The Search for Spock as well, of course. Well, I mean, there actually has been about 11 people. Must be. Because you've obviously, you've got Leonard Nimoy, you've got the half a dozen that played him in Search for Spock, 
Yeah, you've fair. got the voice of you've got the voice of Spock in TA in in the animated series. You've got young Spock in um, Discovery. You've got Ethan Peck. So there is a, quite a plethora of actors that have actually voiced or played Spock. But yeah, Leonard Nimoy because he is he created Spock. He is the blueprint. Ethan Peck has the potential of being close, as close as you get. And he is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. I have actually met Ethan Peck. I've oh, been quite lovely. To, to, to talk to him um, outside of the bit. It was on the cruise. Literally, it was on the cruise. Um, and if anybody has ever listened to Q versus Spock. Yes, I Q have actually, yeah. And it's, I think it was Q versus Spock 2, is it, or The Return? I can't remember what it's called. But they revisited it on the last cruise with John Delancey and Ethan Peck. And that wow. was absolutely, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, Ethan Peck, like ahead of Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto is a completely different type of Spock. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's Ethan Peck. Yeah, no, really, really like that. Um, and actually, just just to anyone listening who has not uh, had the opportunity to watch Star Trek Prodigy yet, please possibly skip ahead a couple of seconds. Um, but how did you feel about the return of Leonard Nimoy in Star Trek Prodigy? Lucky I've actually seen it. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I could have lost it. a friend there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because I, I would have gone. I beg your pardon, but no, I have actually seen it. I have actually watched up until the latest one. I am now up to date. Thank you to a certain person that has allowed me to see it. Excellent. She will know who she is. Um, I I loved it. I actually not just Spock. I think the whole episode with. The way they edited the, all the voices, the, the voices in it, you know, um, yeah. If anybody's not there, said the huge spoilers, you know, the grunts and everything of Rene Aubergenois, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, um, Michelle Nichols, James Doohan. I just, well, I, I, I've, I think I've watched the, that episode in just in isolation about three, four times already. Yeah. You know. Just that one, because of because of Leonard Nimoy and everything else, it was just it was lovely, and it was a lot of the kids won't understand it, but it, I think I, th- I I think that one was for the uh, that was for the parents. I think yeah. that episode was for the parents. I think so because I not it's it's not a prerequisite that you know you must be the child of a Trekkie to watch Prodigy, not at all. But I think no. there can be an assumption that. Yeah. A sizable portion of your audience are, you know, watching it. Maybe into, with... into, into a trucky family. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, they were good. I, I was, it was lovely. It was just lovely. Uh, that episode. Um, and particularly was, that was... closing scene between Dal and Spock. That was, yes. that was nice. Yes. That, that was very nicely done. And yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that they had such a large, library a voice mm. to use from tos up to the the films that they use the sound bites to do that and i think it was uh, yeah it was it was very very well done and i think 
well, yeah, it goes without saying. I think it's my favourite episode of uh, of Prodigy so far. Yeah. Now I have a final question for you, um, and it's a nice one to go out on. I think. What if there is one? What is your favourite moment from Star Trek? Can be for any reason um, at all, and it could be even one you've already said. That's no problem. But what would be your your favourite moment? Your go to favourite moment? Oh, blimey! Uh, well, it's difficult because there are so many good moments in there. Um, Absolutely, yeah. You know, I could say my first moment seeing stuff. Well, my first one I remember. Um, I think probably still. I think again, I think it's going to be the Enterprise. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be the Enterprise, and it's it's not just the Enterprise. It's the way Shatner, Kirk, looks. And it's like seeing somebody who you were deeply in love with and you've, for some reason, you stop seeing each other and everything else. And then you see them and you see them for the beauty that they are. Mm. Um, and, he, he, and he encapsulated that in the way he looked, you know, with the, you know, the eyes sort of with a, a, a twinkle with maybe a potential of a tear. I think it would probably that, it's always is my go-to bit, and it's the bit. It's one of those ones I can visual. I can visualize. I don't have to. I listen to mu- I, I listen to Star Trek music an awful lot. Um, you know, whether it's Jerry Goldsmith, whether it's James Horner, um, Michael um, Giacchino. Those what I listen to them all. But you put the Enterprise that music for the Enterprise. And I can visualize that entire scene from the space station all the way through to the part when they block when they dock. And it's there. I think another one that just makes me smile again is from the motion picture is when we first see Spock as well on the Enterprise where Chekhov goes to Greek because they don't know who it is. And then Spock steps out. And those two really. But they, I think the Enterprise the most. Love it. No, thank you very much for that, Ian. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for your time, for your memories. Um, for everyone who absolutely should, but for everyone who wants to reach out and get in touch with you, where would they find you online? Online, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and it's at Trek Cat Cat Cat. So that's Trek with three cats, all one word. Um as I said, I, I am on Twitter and Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel, which is which is about Lego builds, and it is ninety five percent Star Trek Lego builds. So it's there, and that is predominantly to um, highlight the wealth of independent designers that are out there that do Star Trek. None of this stuff, none of the Lego that I've done is my own design. It is done by these fabulous people that either do it for free or you you buy the designs and they do a you know, they do a wonderful job. And it's my way of promoting these people's products, um, which is on the YouTube channel. So yeah, that's where you can find me. 
Oh, amazing. So thank you very much. And what I'll do is I'll put the links to all that in the description of this episode so people can mm-hmm. find you and love you as I have come to love you. Um, <laughs> so I will say thank you very much again. I have been Sean for the Clone Star podcast. Please, uh, you know, follow the pod and follow the account on Twitter. We are at Clone Star Pod. We will be back to you soon. Ian, thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. Not Loved it. Not at all. Live long and prosper, sir. Live long and prosper.